Hey there, and welcome to the Jimmy's Table podcast at jimmystable.com. I'm your host, Jimmy Humphrey. I'm curiously evangelical, politically homeless, and a dreamer of small things. On this podcast, I'm having conversations about the intersection of faith, life, and culture. So if you have honest questions, aren't afraid to have difficult conversations, and want to have a little fun along the way, then pull up a chair. This podcast is for you. So today is on episode 141 of the jimmystable.com podcast, and I'm going to do this episode as a special request from one of my listeners, Edna, who enjoyed last week's show where I talked about loving God with all your heart, talked about loving your neighbor as chief greatest commandment, and that being a sign ultimately of our Christian devotion to God is our ability to love our neighbor. And Edna wanted to simply know, hey, you talked about loving your neighbor, but how can I actually do that? And do you have anything that actually better describes how to love my neighbor? And I started going through the archives of the jimmystable.com podcast, and I realized for all the 140-some-odd episodes that I've done, I hadn't really done a topic on that particular thing. So, Edna, this podcast is for you. Today on episode 141 of the jimmystable.com podcast, I'm going to talk about how to love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus said the second greatest commandment is to love your neighbor as yourself. Tough words. (laughs) Tough words, Jesus. For if we are being honest with ourselves at the end of the day, I think we can say that commandment almost seems a little, well, annoying, right? If we can just be honest. For loving our neighbor is simply not something that most of us intuitively want to do. And in today's podcast, I want to talk about how we can simply better love our neighbor. First of all, I think we need to acknowledge that the second commandment to love your neighbor as yourself that Jesus talked about in the Gospels issues out of the first commandment, that is, to love God with all our heart, mind, and strength. We love other people as an act of loving God, and that is what this commandment ultimately builds on. For our fellow man, our neighbor, the people that live next door to us and the people down the street and and the people we bump into at the grocery store and, and the people that we interact with at work and the people that we're yet to meet, <laughs> all these people in our lives, or not in our lives yet, are ultimately individuals, according to the Bible, created in the image and likeness of God. So, If we love God, shouldn't we kind of maybe just love everything that resembles him a little bit and reminds us of him? If we love God, then it therefore goes to say we should love our fellow man in whose image man is created. And just as we love photographs of our families and cherish them, we should love other people who are also something of a snapshot and Polaroid of God. Maybe not always the best image, but an image just the same, nevertheless. Second, I think we need to acknowledge that this commandment is indeed something we are commanded to do. You don't need to command things that just intuitively happen Because if we all just did it without ever thinking, then I don't think God would have ever had to say, 
hey, you know, you should love your neighbor as yourself. For intuitively speaking, genuinely loving others outside of our immediate sphere of people groups is not something that comes to us very easily. If we can, you know, just be honest. Maybe some of you it comes more naturally than others. But I think speaking of my experience as a human being and seeing how other human beings interact and treat other human beings, I'd say generally speaking, we don't just intuitively love other people. Yes, we naturally love our families, we love our friends, and generally speaking, we love people who otherwise do nice things to us and make our lives better. But people who don't fit neatly into one of those categories of family, friends, and people who treat us nicely, people who fall outside those groups, we generally have a hard time loving such people. It's hard to love such people if we're just being honest. Thus, the commandment, which means three things. First, it means that this commandment to love others and commanding us to do so, we have to acknowledge that our emotional connection with others, and how much we like them, has nothing to do with this commandment. We are commanded to love people whether our heart's exactly there or not. Second, it means we're going to have to consciously make a decision to actually love people as an act of our will in spite of our emotions, whether our emotions are there or not. Whether we get our heart tingly and warm on the inside and just be like, gee, I just really love Karen. <laughs> right? Am I right? Do you get where I'm going with that, folks? Third, I believe this command to love that in practicing it, kind of like a muscle that you flex is something that builds up with strength over time from the use and practice of it. So I believe that if you actually practice loving people, just like if you practice hitting a ball or if you practice ice skating or something else that you might practice doing, that eventually all that practice will uh, actually come out when it's time to play. And that you'll actually become skilled at actually loving people just through the sheer art of practicing it and flexing that muscle. So in, and actually practicing the commandment to love somebody, whether you want to or not, as an act of will, as an act of decision, you will eventually train your heart through practice, continually putting this muscle into practice and flexing it, you'll eventually, I've discovered, actually maybe kind of learn to love people a little bit. At least that's, that's been my experience, that, that what you practice you will eventually become and do. So, kind of begs the question then, this commandment to love your neighbor as yourself, Jesus got put this question to him. Well, Jesus, <laughs> who is my neighbor? Right? Because... You know, somebody asked Jesus that once in hopes that Jesus could narrowly define who his neighbor was in order to exclude him 
from actually having to love people that maybe just maybe didn't fit his little circle of friend groups and people that he already kind of loved and enjoyed. So Jesus told a story about this. In Luke chapter 10, Jesus gave us the parable of the Good Samaritan. If you're not familiar with it, let me give you the rundown without reading the full story. It's ultimately a story about a man on a journey who got overtaken by some robbers and left for dead on the side of the road. And while he's laying there dying, a priest walked by, looked down, saw him, and decided, hey, looks dangerous over here. I should uh, cross over to the other side of the street so I can, can avoid this guy. Then later, one of the priest's kinfolk saw the same man walking on the same journey. And he saw the man laying there and said, ha, you know, apple doesn't far, fall too far from the tree. I'm going to do like my uh, kinfolk did and also cross over to the other side of the street and, and uh, just let this man lay here and die. Finally, though, a man who's of another race, of another religion, a Samaritan, saw the man laying there in the gutter and took pity on him. He gave him immediate medical attention, and then he took him to a place where he could receive care and said, hey, build this man's medical care to me. So what was the lesson of this parable? Who is the neighbor? The lesson to this parable, if you understand it rightly at the end of the day, the parable of the Good Samaritan, this parable ultimately teaches, who is your neighbor? You are the neighbor. So wherever you are, you're the neighbor. And you are commanded to love your neighbor as yourself, wherever that place you might be. So whatever your sphere of influence, whatever your immediate circle, you aren't just to skip over somebody and say, oh, it's not my problem. Instead, when you come across somebody laying in a ditch, it is your problem. And if you are to walk in the commandment to love your neighbor as yourself, you will do whatever within your power and your ability to care for those who are in your sphere of influence, who you have the opportunity to be a neighbor to. But what does this look like at a practical level? How do we get to this place? I believe the Bible is very hands-on and practical about this sort of stuff at the end of the day. Jesus taught elsewhere in the Gospels that the law and the prophets can be summed up in this one saying, this, this golden rule, if you will. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. This is the law and the prophets, Jesus said. So this is the ultimate starting point of all Christian practice when it comes to loving God and loving your neighbor and all the things that accompany it. Do to others as you would have them do unto you. Don't treat other people as they deserve. Rather, treat others like you'd want to be treated if you were in their shoes which ultimately means that we have to start thinking of others' needs and what other people need simply before we think of ourselves. There's a very real sense in which we need to put others first, to live selflessly, to give up our rights, to forego whatever we think is best for us, to give preference to other people. 
And it doesn't mean giving preference to them to, to just do enough to appease them and just to get by as some sort of eye service or man-pleasing sort of mentality. But, sim- but rather, it's about ultimately going above and beyond, going the extra mile for whoever you have the opportunity to go the extra mile for. So when you do something for someone, whatever that is, do it well. And not only do it well, but sprinkle a little something extra, extra on whatever it is that you do. It's kind of like if you finish a steak. When, when a, you go to a fancy steakhouse, a truly good steakhouse, they don't just cook your steak and slice it up and serve it to you in a presentable manner. They didn't just season it before they cooked it. But one thing that they do when they take the steak off the grill or take it off uh, the cast iron skillet or whatever which way they're cooking it, right before they serve it, they'll sprinkle just a little, little extra salt on top of the steak because in doing that, that'll release more flavor out of the meat and every bite you take will be that much more delicious. So when you do something for somebody, sprinkle a little extra salt on the top of whatever it is you're cooking. <laughs> but at the end of the day, what, what is our motivation to do this? Doesn't this sound like this could maybe be a little exhausting? And indeed, I think when you get right down to it in, in some way, it could be. And won't people take advantage of your generosity? And won't people fail to reciprocate that love that you're showing to them? I've got some bad news for you. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to happen. You're going to go the extra mile. You're going to exhaust yourselves for others. And people are going to let you do that. And don't get me wrong, I think there's an appropriate place to set boundaries for people so that people don't walk all over you and take advantage of you. You definitely got to draw the line in the sand at times. But you have to understand going into this that while you may have to do that from time to time, loving others, it can be hard. Especially when they fail to treat you with the same love back. But at the end of the day, That's okay. Remember, you are the good Samaritan. You are the neighbor. And you're going to make it about your business to treat others as you would like to be treated, regardless of whether or not they reciprocate the same. And you're going to treat them as your neighbor, whoever your neighbor happens to be. And they may never fully return your love, After all, your neighbor is not family and friends with whom love is generally looked at as a two-way street. I do something for my family. I do something for my friends. They tend to reciprocate that. And I love them all the more for it. I invite them over for some food. They eventually kind of get around to doing the same thing. Or I give them a gift and they give me a gift back. It's not always going to happen, though, with your neighbors. It's not always going to happen to those who you treat in a very good Samaritan type way. Indeed, in the parable of the Good Samaritan, we hear of nothing of any sort of reciprocal love that the Good Samaritan received as a result of going through this effort to exhaust himself of his financial resources, his time, his energy, to pick this man up in the gutter and take him to the hospital and take care of his medical bills. We don't hear of any of that being paid back to him. But he did it anyway. We choose ultimately 
to love others because we remember these individuals are ultimately created in the image of God whom we ultimately love. And we choose to love on our neighbors simply as an extension of our love for God himself. We ultimately love on others ultimately as an act of devotion to God. In closing for today, I thought, you know, how, how can you talk about love without reading from 1 Corinthians chapter 13, the famous love passage of Scripture? And I just want to read that because I think if you really get down to it, and I might toss in some, some commentary here, some, some quick thoughts as I read this, but I, I thought I'd read this because I don't see how you can talk about love without talking about this passage. Not only because this passage is read at every wedding that you've ever been to, because when you get down to it, if you actually sit here and digest what was written in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, you'll find there's some really some very practical advice given. So, Edna, to answer your question about how we can better love our neighbor beyond what I have already stated so far in this week's podcast, let me read you from 1 Corinthians chapter 13. And, and whatever leaps off the page to you and your situation and whenever you're presented with the opportunity to, to be a neighbor and to, to show some love on some other people, you know, think about these things. Let them dwell in your heart and see if you can't get the opportunity to flesh some of this stuff out, especially when sometimes fleshing this stuff out can be kind of hard. 1 Corinthians 13 If I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but do not have love, I have become a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and know all the mysteries and all the knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. And if I give all my possessions to feed the poor, and I surrender my body to be burned, but do not have love, it profits me nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind and is not jealous. Love does not brag and is not arrogant. It does not act unbecomingly. It does not seek out its own, is not provoked, does not take into account a wrong suffered, does not rejoice in unrighteousness, but rather rejoices with the truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. Love never fails. But if there are gifts of prophecy, they will be done away. If there are tongues, they will cease. And if there is knowledge, it will be done away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when the perfect comes, the partial will be done away. And when I was a child, I used to speak like a child, think like a child, and reason like a child. But when I became a man, I did away with childish things. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I will know fully, just also have as I have been fully known. But now faith, hope, love abide these three. But the greatest of these is love. So everybody, this has been Jimmy Humphrey, episode 141 of the Jimmy'sTable.com podcast. How to love your neighbor as yourself. Hope you've enjoyed this podcast. Hope you've got something practical out about it and hope you got something that will, you know, maybe have pierced your heart and and stirred you into the idea that, hey, I could 
better love some people in my life. And this podcast has taught me a thing or two about how I can do that. If that's you and you've learned a thing or two, first of all, email me, jimmy at jimmystable.com. Let me know what you learned. And hey, if you're like Edna and have a show suggestion, feel free to reach out and email me or let me know through Facebook or Twitter or the other means by which you communicate with me, which you can all find at jimmystable.com. And if you've enjoyed this podcast and wish to hear more, and want to get the latest and greatest update every time a new podcast episode comes out, go to jimmystable.com slash subscribe, and you can find your favorite way to subscribe to this podcast, whether it's through Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or all the million other ways you can subscribe to this podcast, or old-fashioned email. And if you haven't had the opportunity yet, I would encourage you, show some love, some neighborly love, to your favorite podcast host for the jimmystable.com podcast. That is Jimmy Humphrey, me. <laughs> uh, leave your glowing five-star loving review over at Apple or Spotify and all the other places you might be able to leave those glowing five-star reviews. Um, and, uh, you know, make sure you share this podcast with others and say, hey, I found a better way that you can love some people because you need to love just like Jesus commanded you to because I notice you're not a very loving person. <laughs> uh, well, maybe don't say it like that. Uh, that may not be the best approach. Try to sit there and think about that 1 Corinthians 13 sort of love about how you can be patient and kind to people um, and how you can be long-suffering and all that sort of stuff. So everybody, this has been Jimmy Humphrey, jimmystable.com, where I'm having conversations about the intersection of faith, life, and culture. Take care, everybody. God bless, and have a good one. That's all I have to say about that. That's the right on, man. You said it all. <laughs>